0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast on the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller, with me is Jonathan Wilson and with us today to mark the 100th episode of the Greatest Games Podcast we've got the man who was our very first guest all those pods ago, Ian Hawkey.
1: Nice to be here again.
0: (laughs) Uh, Today we go back to the Copa del Rey final of 2013 that finished Real Madrid 1, Atletico Madrid 2. Ian, why have you chosen this match?
1: Uh... Partly because it was it was a very compelling event to be at, um, uh, possibly not possibly not the the greatest football match in terms of quality, um, but uh, an absolute threshold moment I think um, in in the modern dynamic of the M- Madrid derby. It's it's sort of the beginning in a way of the Diego Simeone era and the the establishment of Atletico as a real Force in Spanish and European football. It's the last um, trophy at stake match of Jose Mourinho's era at Real Madrid. And I think in that final we saw an unraveling of, of quite a lot that had happened during the Mourinho era, which you know was a was a time of mixed fortunes and almost unbearable tension for most of it. Um and, and a lot of that poured out into this final. And you know, it was a, a Madrid derby final at the Bernabeu, and Atletico's first victory over Real Madrid since the previous century, no less. So that that meant an awful lot to Atletico fans, Atletico players, and, and and I think the feeling of football in the city.
0: Yeah, it was it was a huge game, Jonathan, as as Ian said, their first win over Real Madrid since 1999. I think it was 26 matches it took, and considering what Simeone has done for the club in in recent years, it's hard to think that they went so long without a win against their city rivals, but they were, you could argue still are, but certainly not in the same way. They were inferior for so, so long. And this, as Ian said, felt like a a defining moment.
2: Yeah, and had, I think, a a real complex about that, which I I still don't think has entirely gone away. And I think um, certainly one of those European finals between the two, I think you really saw that. So Simeone beginning to challenge that uh, at the end of Mourinho. But this sort of, um, it sort of feels like the end of these these sort of five great operatic years of Spanish football when, I mean, I'm saying this from an English point of view where I wasn't watching it sort of with the, the intensity and the detail that I would the Premier League. But for five years, the big Spanish games really seemed to matter. And you'd really make an effort to go out of your way to watch any matchup of Barcelona, Real Madrid and Atletico. Uh, and I guess that, that spans the from the beginning of Guardiola to the end of Mourinho, there's a time when everything in Spanish football is is heightened, partly because of the the charisma of and, and genius of the people involved, and partly because they seem to represent uh, something more than just the clubs or more than just themselves. That there are philosophies and, and styles at stake.
0: Mm. Yeah, Ian, you said that this was kind of the the, the sort of the real kind of startle. Without putting words in your mouth, it was certainly a, a moment that really um, kick-started Simeone and, and Atletico Madrid. Of course, they'd already won the Europa League under him, but this was his first full season in charge. And uh, domestically, uh, Atletico hadn't won anything since Simeone himself uh, played for them as a player in, in the mid-90s. So it was it was quite a big achievement. I mean, what was the, the feeling like with Atletico Madrid? Yes, they'd won the Europa League. In fact, they'd won the Europa League twice in recent seasons, once under Kike Sanchez-Flores in 2010 and once under Simeone. But was the lack of domestic trophies since the mid-90s, was, was that um, a real monkey on the backs of Atletico Madrid? I'd
1: I, I say it was one of several monkeys on the yeah. back. Um, <laughs> I mean, bear in mind that they had been in the second division at the turn of the, the century. Um, I mean, interestingly, that, 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 that last win over Real Madrid in 1999 was in season, that ended up being relegated, and they were in the second division. It was presented as, oh, yes, this is a really very unfortunate blip. We'll be back again next year. They weren't. They were there for two seasons. I mean, and you know, this, it'd be hard to overemphasize how humiliating that was. You know, this is undoubtedly a club that has a right, an entitlement to be the third club in Spain, and, and they weren't, they are were in the second division and Valencia were at the same time reaching Champions League finals, you know, the, the loss of status of that was huge, and, and they, they were a bit of a laughing stock as well, mm. they, you, you, you may remember the, um, the president, Jesus Gil, um, uh, a career criminal. I don't. I don't think I'll be sued for saying that. Because he, <laughs> he, he'd been he in, um, yeah. quite a lot of trouble with the law, and and he is no longer with us. Yeah. yeah. Um well, you'd say, totally and, like and and he, the debts were spectacular, and and more personally for Simeone, the turnover of managers was was notorious. Mm. It made it made Palermo look stable. You know, it was it was just absurd. Um, now this had got a little better, and Quique Sanchez Flores was a, was a good manager, and obviously that was a, a, a serious landmark as well, winning the Europa League, and sadly against Fulham. Um, uh, and then Simeone comes in, um, a very, very loved ex-player who'd been there twice in good times and not so good times. Um, and it, it was mid-season as ever. There was a crisis. This relegation was a it was a genuine possibility at the end of. Uh, 2011, when mm. he came in. Manzano and had been dismissed, he, you know,
0: hadn't he? At this
1: point. Yeah, Gregorio yeah. Manzano had been mm. um, sacked. Um, Simeone came in after a, and Jonathan will know more of the details on this, a mixed, but fairly sort of, um fairly bitty uh, career in, in management. He's done well in Argentina. He'd been in Italy briefly, but very much as, uh, you know, nobody was saying Simeone, this is the next great manager at that stage. And uh, now we look back on this and we, we look at him and talk about him in a way that people almost talked about Ferguson or Wenger. This is an astonishing length of time for an elite manager. It's going to be 10 years in a few months' time. That's astonishing, especially in the context, as I say, of Atletico, trigger-happy Atletico Madrid. Mm. So yes, I mean that's just from from his point of view and, and the impact. And and back to what Jonathan was saying about the the focus on Mourinho versus Guardiola and Barça Madrid at that time. Yes, it was it it was an epic time. But but I think part of what happened is Simeone had has come in now and said, hang on, there's three of us here. Mm. There's also potentially we can now say there's another great manager in this mix, in this league, doing things. His own way, defining his own style, rather than the way that you know we credit Mourinho and Guardiola for doing so. So, you know, let's place Simeone's Atletico, perhaps not in the that, that epic bracket, but pretty close. And and that's how much of a change was was happening around this final, and and from then on. And
2: hmm. well, I think that point about it being a very distinctive style is very much his own, um, yeah. You know, and I guess this is true of, of any sport, but it's much easier to relate to uh, when you have people who, who have clearly defined characteristics. And him dressing in black, playing, f- for want of a better word, anti football. But I think it's, it is appropriate for him because the term anti football was coined for Victoria Spinetto's Veles. And his first youth coach at, at Veles was Victoria Spinetto. And it's Spinetto who gave him the nickname Cholo after a player that Spinetta had coached 30 years earlier. Yes. Um, so he's right in that, that uh, tradition of anti-football. And I think what's important people understand about that is anti-football changes its meaning. That when Veles are playing it, and we're talking about the 1940s here, it doesn't mean cynicism. It doesn't mean taking pins on the pitch to stab people. It doesn't mean getting, opponents, getting their wives' gynecological records and using that against them which it later does come to mean with Estudiantes and Bilado particularly, it just means not relying on skill. It means actually working hard, keeping your shape, being defensively disciplined. And Vélez have to do that because they're a much smaller team. They're economically much weaker. And for Vélez to come second, as they did in 51, I think, was an incredible achievement because you had the big five in Argentina and to break that was, was extremely difficult. It's a Spinetto... He formulates a new way of playing in an Argentinian context. And those values are what they handed on to Simeone. And you, you can debate as to what, what Simeone's anti-football actually means. But it, it comes from that original sense of hard work, graft, suffering, in, in the Spanish sense of the term, um, uh, you know, of, of doing it by industry and effort and determination and mental fortitude and resilience, rather than necessarily being the better players.
0: Mm. And Ian, when Simeone arrived, you sort of hinted at it earlier, was was there a lot of fanfare? Was there a lot of expectation? And was it a popular appointment? Uh
1: it uh yes, it was a popular appointment because um he represented um something but he's always even as a player, he he got Atletico Madrid. Mm. Um so yes, he was he was liked for you know many of the qualities that's Jonathan's just listed um, being hardworking, never giving up, um, and uh, uh, I think sometimes it's possible to forget. that Simunovic was also a very, very skillful footballer. Mm. Um, you know, in I certainly remember him from Lazio and Atletico Madrid being a, a box-to-box deluxe midfielder. You know, mm. who, who could who could do the right things at both ends of the field. Anyway, um, he was he was popular. What I would say it would, that it was tempered. With the accumulated cynicism of Atleti fans, that, <laughs> yeah, great. How long's he gonna last? You know, yeah, yeah. Are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just, you know, going to spoil this one now? You know, um, mm. but yeah, yeah. He was liked. and and immediately um, uh, keyed into the fans, and again, sort of as Jonathan was saying, started to quite subtly uh, define his style. Now he, he wouldn't say anti football. But he quite liked cultivating this image of, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to follow fashions, and and you know this is in the in the peak Guardiola, Mourinho. So I'm not mm. going to follow fashions. I like four four two. I know people say that's not fashionable anymore, but this is what I like, and it works. So there was a, there was a little bit of cocking a snook at. That's mm-hmm. at what was a la mode at the time um he since developed away from that
0: yeah
2: but even the way he dresses he's embracing the dark side right you don't you don't dress entirely in black if you want to be the you know, the great popular figure whoever he loves that, that's not what you're appealing to if you dress like that he knows what he's doing with that
0: yeah it is so funny though when 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 We go back to this time of Simeone and and as you say, you know, we're not fashionable, we're not this. There's a bit of the the sort of slight siege mentality and a bit of the outsider. I remember when they played Leicester City in the um, Champions League, you know, seasons later, and he kind of compared them and said, oh, well, our story's not too dissimilar to Leicester City's and all this kind of thing. And then you fast forward a few years. And they accept an invitation into the European Super League. I mean, it's it, it's the, the, what you talk about Atletico Madrid from you know the shame of being relegated, and a bit of a basket case of a club. You, you know, almost in you just sort of push that right up the other end of the scale. You know, with, it, it, with regards to winning trophies and leagues, and then as I say, w- were invited to the European um, Super League. But that's, that's to do with and, the a Spanish Super League context,
2: though, right? I mean, I, I think. I think they're the, the eighth richest club in the world by revenue. well, yeah. oh, they're the they're an but elite clear, club now. Clearly, they, they weren't sort of you know uh, eight nine years ago, but they're still a distance behind the big two. So they do still have that outside equality. Um, I mean, clearly they're not outsiders in the way Leicester were, but it, 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 it's it's not a totally ridiculous identity for them to adopt.
0: No, but it's very relative though.
2: It, it's relative, but it's relative to the context they're in. Mm. So. Well, like, they're, they're okay. always uh, going to be the second second team in Madrid, right? There's no way they can ever. I mean, maybe in 50 years, if they win 40 of the next 50 titles, they won't be <laughs> the second team in Madrid. But barring that, they'll yeah. always be the the scrappy working class underdogs, no matter how. Yeah, the fact they're backed by the state of Azerbaijan, so yeah, you know, it's something <laughs> that nobody ever seems to talk about.
0: But. <laughs> yeah, true enough. I mean, as we say in his first season, they were they, they won the Europa League and then they finished fifth in the league, and in this season.
2: Well even winning the Europa I, League, yeah. Yeah, you know, they the fact they did it against Bielsa's Athletic, who had, had you know suddenly that you know, around, around the turn of the year had exploded into life, those two performances against Manchester United were mm-hmm. absolutely incredible performances. Yeah. And they were the popular favourites. And then they get smashed I, mean, I know they're exhausted by them, but they get smashed three nil in Bucharest. Mm-hmm. It was a really sort of anticlimactic final because Atletico with. Just mm-hmm. so much better.
0: True. At the start of this season, of course, they they won the Super Cup and they battered Chelsea four one in the final. Uh, Falcao was excellent that day, and then they they finished the league well, in third position this season. That, that they win the cup. You know, at this point, how long how, or how sort of far away, or indeed how near was it? The thought of genuinely challenging for the league title, because of course, after the season, they would go on and, and win the league.
1: Uh, yes, uh, uh, still, still, still a long way away. I mean, we're still in the um, era of ridiculous points totals, aren't we? Of of Barca yeah. and Madrid, and and you know, absurd numbers of goals for Messi or Ronaldo. So, yeah, no, I think I, I think there would be a realism mm-hmm. about that, which was really challenged the the following season. That was a, a remarkable achievement to to win the league the following season, keep their nerve in a very close title race, and you know break this. Duopoly, which uh, they have now done twice mm-hmm. in the last whenever it is.
0: Uh, well, 2013, 14. Years, yes, yeah, 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 the, yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, um, yeah. So no, I think I think the the idea that they would they were they were league champions in the making was still a long way off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think if you look at certainly the first 90 minutes um, of of this this cup final, you do see that lingering sense of, <laughs> this is Real Madrid, they, they, they're much better than us, aren't they? We, you know, we, we're gonna have to accept that. Okay. Um, and, and and I think one of the great contradictions of this final is that you have uh, Simeone with his, his realistic, pragmatic approach up against Jose Mourinho, who <laughs> instinctively wants to be pragmatic and things and th- yeah. and there's almost a, a sort of standoff. almost a stand hang on you you're supposed to be taking the lead in this you're real madrid <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah who could
0: have predicted it would end mm. with three mm. sendings mm. off and, uh, and and it'll be a bit spicy <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right yeah. everybody we'll we'll go for a quick break <laughs> and then we will talk about the match after that see you in a moment Welcome back to the greatest games on the Blizzard. So yes, um, to the to the match itself, of course, played at the Bernabeu, and we we can talk about Simeone, you know, taking charge of, of Atletico and a bit of a strange situation. But Jonathan, they had some players in that Atletico side.
2: Oh yeah, I mean they really did. Um, I mean the front two of Falcao and Diego Costa. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean Falcao, especially at this point, you know, one in terms of a pure striker, you know, centre forward at a time when Centre forward has slightly gone out of fashion, and, and he was probably the best in the world of it, in terms of a, a classic centre forward. Diego Costa was sort of the, uh, you know, target man style centre forward. The two of them together, which of course you can do if you're playing two banks of four behind them, uh, which is a slightly um, diminishes how good those two banks of four were. But you know, you, the players like Arteta and and and, and, and Koke, to give you the a little bit of creativity. Why? But you know that. They're never going to stop running. That they they tuck in. They but they 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 keep the midfield very narrow. So yeah, it's a and the two centre backs. I mean, Miranda and Diego Godín. I think Diego Godín for most of the last decade was the best pure centre back in the world. Although he doesn't actually have a particularly good game here, or certainly the goal. I think he's he's at fault for. Um, and, and, and Courtois in goal. Um, so yeah, they they are not uh, they're not nobodies. It's it's a, it's a it's a very good side, but. Then you look at the Real Madrid. Too. They <laughs> yeah, are clearly better.
0: So, no, no, sure, they were they were definitely favourites. Home advantage and uh, better player advantage. But you know, with some of those um, players in that Atletico side, there's there's a there's a few of them still going strong I mean how much did Simeone sort of develop these players you know because if you, we talk about his style and and his way of doing things I mean I know one or two So Courtois himself now plays of course uh, for their rivals but how much was he interested in sort of developing the players or was it all about just making them as hard and as battle hardy as possible to fit into his system
1: I mean the, the recommendations you hear about Simeone from from a large number of players, are you know that he that he has been a great alchemist of their careers, and and you know you can see it in in the in the team from that season, from that final. Um, if you look at where they were before, and in some cases where they were after, um, you know they would they would judge that working with Simeone was very much their peak, and therefore he got the best out of them, and mm-hmm. saw things in them, and beyond just stamina and. Um, Toughness that that others hadn't seen. Uh, Gabby, the captain, is a great example of that. Um, mm. uh, a, a footballer who I think would have been considered a very good journeyman, probably without his his Simeone relationship, his Atletico years. And the interesting thing with with Atletico under Simeone is that now that now that there's you know a long body of work, is the number of returnees. People go back there. And he, he gets people back with the confidence that he will recover whatever it is that might not have worked you know, previously. Most famously, Fernando Torres, who was never quite the kid again, but, but I think had a more fulfilling time in his second phase at Atletico Madrid than he had at Chelsea or Milan. Diego Costa was there three times, Argued his way away from there three times, and you know, there was <laughs> there was still something that kept drawing him back. But I don't think there's going to be a fourth time. No. Um, and Diego Costa really was a you know he he was a journeyman before Simeone said, "Hang on, this 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 fellow that we, we had for a bit keeps going out on loan all over the place. Um, you know, it, we, he's got something." And mm. sure enough, yeah. he found it and relaunched him. Um, uh, Felipe Luis the, the left back excellent in this atletico team disappeared at chelsea i'd say mm-hmm. speaking broadly now came back to atletico to find himself again there's all sorts of of tales like that um i i suppose the uh the, the big the sort of long-term rise in terms of progress would be would be coque who who's atletico through and through and has clearly had the bulk of his career under Simeone and you know has become a really outstanding footballer doing a variety of things very very well um mm. delivery yeah. of set pieces obviously crucial to fit into um simeone's atletico and, and you know that's 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 got him quite a long way but, but he's a lovely passer cocky on his day
0: Mm. And and Jonathan, we've mentioned Real Madrid and their sort of star players and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, where where were they and Mourinho at this point? Obviously, we'd end like three up days being... from the end. I mean, yeah, three, well, yeah, three <laughs> days
2: later, the, the announcement comes that he's he's not going to carry on. But I mean, I, I think that wasn't a shock. I think we we'd known for several months this is probably mm-hmm. the end. So I mean, I, I mean, Ian would probably have a better idea than me when it begins to fall apart. But yeah, you know, I, I remember being at that game when they beat Manchester United in the in the Champions League. And very strange Mourinho press conference where his entire aim in that press conference is to alert Manchester United to to his availability. (laughs) And, yeah, people don't remember the game. United were actually kind of pretty much in control. Then Nani gets sent off for a high foot, which is one of those decisions that could have gone either way, but it it went against United, at at which Real Madrid suddenly click and score twice. And Modric is brilliant for the last 20 minutes of that game. And Mourinho's, no, the best team lost tonight. He said, hang on, what? that's not what Mourinho says. What's going on here? Mourinho mm. being magnanimous in victory, this doesn't feel right. Oh, hang on, he wants the job. Yeah, okay, that makes <laughs> sense. And then somebody said, off, off the back of that, somebody asked him, but surely you have everything you need at, at, at Real Madrid, the facilities, the squad, the resources. He went, yes, we've got everything apart from team spirit, uh, which seemed a very telling thing to say. In this moment of his, yeah, the best victory that season, Um yeah, there were those those stories in the December that Michael Essien's thirtieth birthday party, nobody had, or hardly anybody had turned up. Uh, Mourinho had, had uh, been on radio saying, "Yeah, the squad's been undermined by three black sheep." Yeah, he'd fallen out with with Yacouba uh, He then got injured, um, but Diego Lopez plays in in this game. Um, and and the story uh, must have been earlier this this month, a couple of weeks before this game, when he's getting ready for a league game against Malaga. And he goes to the Sheraton in Madrid and suddenly he gets the news. Yeah, sorry, Jose, but uh, David Moyes has got the United job. And his absolute devastation. You know, how, how can I, Jose, be passed over for him, David Moyes? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fraying and falling apart in a, a classic Mourinho third season way.
0: Yeah, uh, and and we saw that certainly towards the latter stages of this game. Um, but it, the, the match starts, and it only took 14 minutes for the first goal. Uh, and Ronaldo heads in from a corner and jumps well above Diego Godín. Uh, as as you know, you sort of hinted at earlier, um, Jonathan. But he didn't have a great game. But when that goal goes in, in it, it feels like oh here we go. Real Madrid playing at home. They're only against Atletico Madrid. We've seen this play out. Like and, and so just,
2: that was his fifty-fifth goal of the season. So just the point that Ian was making yeah. that this this yeah. was still the era of ludicrous tallies. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty-five in the season. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Ian, there was a sort of inevitability about that of, of Real Madrid will now go on to swat aside their um slightly irritating neighbours.
1: Uh yes, that, that 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 I must say that was the that was certainly the assumption in the press box. Um and I, I think I think you started to see um, Atletico looking a bit hesitant after that. Um, now there was uh, there there was also before this there was um there was a selection issue around mm. Real Madrid. I mean, there's always a selection issue around Real Madrid, but this was a very much a, a Mourinho-defined selection decision. Um, a couple of things which which I wouldn't say hinted at, but broadcast the trouble behind the scenes. Uh, Pepe had been left out of the match day squad entirely. He seemed to have been in trouble, not for something he did on the field, unusually for Pepe, but um, for something he'd said. He had come to the defence of Ika Casillas, whose row with the management at this stage was was a constant backdrop to the end of the Mourinho era. So um, people thought that was what Raul Albiol had come in, who was really the fourth-choice centre-half. Iran was injured. Um, and their uh, Kadira was playing. Now there, there was there was criticism of this. Why do we need an extra defensive midfielder when we're only playing Atletico, who will just put ten behind the ball and pump it long to Diego Costa and wait for Falcao to pick up the bits? So so there was that. And w- once they'd taken the lead, this this criticism came back. So why on earth are we not, you know? going for the second and so on sufficiently um, which I suppose in the end allowed Atletico a way back into the, the contest mm.
2: and it's those two players you mentioned who who end up getting beaten by Falcao in the build to the goal that he beats val Albiol he goes past Catia and he beats Valalbiol Albiol again and then slips it to Acosta who you know, drills it back across goal in the bottom right hand corner
1: so I mean it's great work from Falcao oh it's it, I mean, it's, it, really it's good marvellous game. yeah yeah, I mean, you, you talked about the best centre forward um, of the era, which arguably he was. He was the best creative midfielder of the night at that point, wasn't he? I mean, it was it was a marvellous result, and Diego Costa got the ball played to him on the ground, which um, you know that's 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 pretty much a. One event a month. In that, in that. <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly. Yeah, yeah. At least uh, he didn't waste you know, it though. He yeah, he certainly yeah. Yeah. looked oh, like oh, oh well. He took it beautifully, didn't he? he took yeah, it beautifully. It was. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was it was it, it was a marvellous partnership and a little twist on the the way around it normally worked, which was mm-hmm. you know Costa winning the ball, being rugged mm-hmm. to set up Falcao, and this was the other way around and and, and very beautifully done.
0: Mm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but you then before half time. I mean, Real Madrid would have probably felt that they should have gone in 2-1 ahead because you have a moment where Ozil, he play, I think it was Ozil, passes to Sergio Ramos for some reason, is is in the box in an attacking move. It's not a corner or a set piece or anything and he's got his back to goal options to pass and kind of flicks it with a back heel, maybe trying to play it back to Ozil and it tamely goes to Courtois and then a minute later, Ozil strikes the post. So despite Atletico equalising in it seemed to be a bit like, hang on, you know, we're, we're the... The bigger side here. And, and as I say, but I, I think the, the celebrations from Atletico when they go 1 all and, and some of the celebrations from the bench, Simeone knew how important that goal was. Obviously, it's a cut file and you're, and you're 1 nil down. But to equalise before half time so it wouldn't kind of linger on, it was a quite a def, sort of a, a defiant sort of statement, I suppose. And as I say, when they go in at half time at 1 all, slightly fortuitous, would you say, that they went in?
1: Oh uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, d- 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 the, the the one statement uh, that Mourinho makes afterwards, which was um, less confusing than than his statements after the Manchester United game. Um, I mean, he, he, he did say that you you hit the post three times. Then you mm. you know you, you probably think you should have won this final, and I think that's fair. You know, they did hit the post three times, and I don't want to fast forward too much. There's there, there's an astonishing goal line clearance as well from uh, Juan Fran. Yeah. I mean, well, so, yeah,
0: well, there is. I mean, Jonathan, that's in the second half, about an hour gone. And and it's, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, talk us
2: through it. Um, so it's a Ronaldo pullback to Benzema, who hits the post. Mm-hmm. The ball then comes back to Ozil. And I mean, it just looks like it's in. And then suddenly there's one fan flying across goal and, and, and the ball bounces clear. And, and I guess when that happens... Yeah, you start to think, oh god, it's it's gonna be one of those nights. Yeah. Um and, and and this is where um this is where I find myself running into the most fundamentalist stats wonks that they would say, Oh, you know, the XG, i don't, I have no idea what the XG was for this game. I'm sure Real Madrid had a much greater XG. But the 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 part of the uh strength of Atletico is the fact that doesn't worry them. Mm. You know, they 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 ride the punch and they come back for the next punch. And it's very easy for a team in that circumstance to to just fold. And they don't. They go, okay, we've got away with it. Doesn't matter, forget it, move on. And that that I think is a quality of resilience that is not just luck. It's 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 building on the luck. Yeah, it's it's using that in a positive way. But resilience still still exists to be able to withstand a bit of a barrage and withstand a bit of a battering. And to be able to not get overwhelmed by the fact that the opposition's on top of you, but to sort of think we're still in it, we're still here, we're still here. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep doing the right things. And mm-hmm. and then you know, gradually the the momentum shifts because Real Madrid start to think we're just not going to score tonight.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to score a second tonight. No, sure. I mean, yeah, Ronaldo. Seven minutes later, he hits a free kick very nicely under the wall. It comes back off the post. I think it's Essien who blazes the rebound over and I mean, perhaps Cristiano
2: Ronaldo getting a free kick almost on target extraordinary yeah, I know who would have thought uh, and uh, and he
0: yeah and he wasn't even playing for Portugal but um, but with all these chances and he hits the post and so on as you say it can, it can start to make Atletico and their belief grow and Real Madrid sort of diminish and on 77 minutes Mourinho gets sent off for sort of remonstrating with the referee Ian, which suggests that his frustrations boiled over quite a lot too much according to the referee
1: yes uh, in 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 fact over the course of that game he was relatively low key um so uh yeah this was quite a striking uh sort of jack in the box moment from uh, Mourinho. and um yeah, and then, and, and as usual, there's, there's, there's you know, there's always confusion with managers being sent in there, because there's not the theatrics around <laughs> it, the referee, and then suddenly yeah, he's not there, so he's off, and slightly bizarrely, so then you get Aitor um, Karanka is, you know, the, the man in charge suddenly, and he, uh, you, you know, Aitor is, is especially, um, in front of us the media he's he's not a very demonstrative fellow and suddenly you know he's he's the the jack-in-the-box and, the and pepe's there now pepe, pepe <laughs> shouldn't be anywhere near the pitch because first of all he's been sent to coventry um and you know he's not in the match so yeah anyway this, this 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 is slightly ironically mourinho's departure leads to this 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 weird cast of um very, very agitated people in the technical area who will who will go on certainly into extra time to to have um to have their moments of not glory but uh, certainly great controversy. But yeah, so that's that's Mourinho gone. Um and and the immediate the, the immediate action given the circumstances then was oh hang on so if he gets a two-match ban, this this is his last ever game in charge with Real Madrid, isn't it? Because we know he's going to Chelsea, or we're pretty sure he's going to Chelsea. Um, and there were two league games left after this, so you know i, I do remember that, you know there was some was slightly mm-hmm. frantic debate in the end um his suspension only covered domestic knockout games in Spain, so presumably he could still be serving it when he <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so yeah so that was a that was a slight um a slight sort of uh, uh, press concern at the time was w- whether this would really we should start doing the obituaries now mm. um uh, but, yeah, I mean, Mourinho's red card, there uh, will be 14 yellow cards on the pitch, hmm. um, uh, but Mourinho's red card turns out to be probably the least significant of the red yeah. cards that take place. <laughs> Indeed.
0: Well, we move into extra time then. And, uh, funnily enough, the, the best chance, of the, uh, the or the first chance of extra time falls to Diego Costa, who kind of, um, misses and, and and Lopez sort of saves quite calmly, but again, you can see the belief growing in Atletico. And then, 97 minutes, we have the winning goal, Jonathan.
2: Yeah, um, and of course, it's a header by centre back. H- how else could we possibly <laughs> win it? Uh, Cross from right Miranda, Miranda gets across the near post, and nice little header. Um, but it was sort of, if you were told with with no knowledge of of how the game went. Atletico win this next time, describe the goal. <laughs> that's what you describe. You might go Godin rather than Miranda, but you definitely are one of the two. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, suddenly they've got uh, what, 20, 23 minutes to hold out. And it's at the end where the Atletico fans are, 30,000 of them in the ground, because obviously it's, although it's Real Madrid's ground, it is technically a neutral venue, so there's 30,000 of, of each mm. plus 20,000 neutral tickets.
0: Yeah. And I, I I hate to sort of say this, uh about Gonzalo Higuain, but, but it is a bit of a trope of his career, I suppose. He, he Another final and another missed chance and a really good chance at that sort of six minutes later. Courtois saves very well. But again, Ian, like really it was a golden opportunity for Real Madrid and another chance goes begging for them on the night. Um, uh, Yeah. Sorry, you were going to say.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, poor, poor Higuain. Um mm. Uh, And this, of course, this is, you know, this is the tail end of his Madrid story. Um, And he's, uh, Benzema started the game, which is, you know, that's very much how the hierarchy is at this stage, having been the other way around when Mourinho first came, Iguain above Benzema, now it's Benzema. And so Iguain comes on to win the game, and yes, he he gets his good chance. Um, He's up against a very, very good goalkeeper at this oh, stage. Yeah. I mean, Courtois is 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 as much the hero of that extra time as Miranda is. Um, but back to Jonathan about the the crowd. That's it, it was it was. I mean, this is this is part of the joy of these cup finals um, at the Bernabeu. and I've been to well, well, two very memorable ones, um, both of which Madrid lost. It, it just it just changes it completely, you know, mm-hmm. and. When Miranda scored that goal, the Atleti fans—it—it it really was. I, I will—I will remember that forever. Just the sheer joy—they—they they really felt it. Now they felt mm. it. They knew exactly where they were.
2: Mm.
1: Everything came together for them. Yeah. I mean, it was—it was a marvelous noise, and—and and, uh, you know the players, the players felt it really strongly. Yeah, because in my
0: memory, before kind of re-watching this game for this, I thought that Miranda scored. I actually thought he scored a little bit later and then Atletico kind of held out sort of reasonably comfortably, Jonathan. But Iguain misses that chance. Courtois saves well. And then the save from Ozil that Courtois makes... I mean, he was as important as anybody uh, for Atletico on that day. It's an absolutely remarkable save. And as Ian said, he was one of the best keepers, certainly young keepers at the time.
2: Yeah, and it it sort of... I don't know whether this is sort of being filed in my head as a great defensive performance because of the final result. Yeah. Uh, Which is always a danger because you sort of think of the, the Champions League final in Lisbon when Atletico were 1-0 up for, I don't know, I don't know how long, about ages, an Ooh, hour. 84
0: more, minutes even. But didn't more make than that, yeah.
2: And then they concede the last minute. And if that last minute goal hadn't gone in, if Ramos hadn't scored that that last minute header, would we have called that a sort of Simeone masterclass of, of defending? Maybe we would, I don't know. Um, I, and I'm always sort of very uneasy about yeah, taking the result and working backwards. Uh, so because I... So I, th- I think this is a. It's not a great defensive performance from Atletico, but it is a great performance of resilience and resistance, and those can be two slightly different things. And yeah, they they get away with it essentially in that last sort of 20 minutes of extra time. That Courtois makes two, well, one exceptional save and one very good save. Um, then again, if if you're giving chances to Guei in a in a final, is that really a chance? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Oh, poor Gonzalo! I feel no. I genuinely feel really sorry for him. I kind of, I, I, I really like him as a player, and nobody ever talks about the fact that he gets kicked in the head by Manuel Neuer in the 2014 World Cup final. And Neuer should have been sent off for it, mm. but that's just sort of, you know, it, it, it's like we've already got our, our German goalkeeper uh, mm. villain, and, yeah. and there's 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 no room on the Tony Schumacher shelf for, for Manuel Neuer to join him. But he really should have done.
0: Yeah, if Gonzalo Higuain can score goals for Inter-Miami under Phil Neville, he's obviously a quality centre forward and it doesn't matter what's going on around him.
2: (laughs) Well, can he? I mean, he's not scoring many.
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) he has scored a few, Uh, bless him. But Uh, um, The
2: other thing here, his his move to Real Madrid is really dodgy. Yes, it is. The the curious little stopover in Switzerland on the way, I mean, that's never really been explained. But anyway, that's... (laughs) That's And perhaps this is not the podcast to do it,
0: but... Um, and then after that great save from Erzul, Cristiano Ronaldo gets uh, sent off for uh, a sort of perceived kick in the face on on Gabby, who went in hard on on Ronaldo. And Ronaldo, predictably, had had a few, uh, had received a few sort of tasty challenges all evening, Ian. But he reacted to that one, and the Atletico Madrid bench and Gabby's reaction ensured that he would get a red card for that.
1: Uh yes, I, I I would confidently say that had Var been in existence, Cristiano Ronaldo would not have been sent off. Mm-hmm. Um I would also say Gabby probably not a guy to try and well, well but first of all to pick a fight with, but also to pick a fight in which we're going to try and be the, you know, the more cunning person in that. I think mm-hmm. Gabby is Gabby Gabby's a very worldly sort of skipper. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there was any uh, contact. I mean, it, it, Cristiano's foot shouldn't have been there, should it? But um,
2: the, the, law, the law says it's an offence to kick or attempt mm. to kick an opponent. So well, yeah, maybe he would have been exact towards mm. his face. Yeah. yeah. That, that I think, is legitimately, you can see it as an attempt to kick.
0: Yeah. But. Well, in, it, without VAR, as I say, the, I think the Atletico... Bench needed to highlight this to the referee, that there was indeed an attempt to kick at least. And, uh, and it was a job well
1: done. Yeah, it, their luck at that stage wanting to highlight this was that uh, Diego Costa was now very much among the technical staff, having these substitute. Now, was
0: that a and, tactical um... switch? Because they'd seen Pepe had been brought in on their bench, so we thought we might have to take Diego. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked like, yeah. I
1: mean, no, okay. hey, listen, they've got they've got their tough Hispano Brazilian down. <laughs> let's get on. <awesome. laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, it was it, it was um, it was brilliant handbags, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, good it... television. So you couldn't quite see. From the the well, certainly the camera angle on Spanish TV, who Diego Costa was shoving, stroke punching, yeah. um, but you knew that Pepe was was you know very much in the whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, was, uh, we, brilliant.
0: We, we, we've yet to see. Well, I, I don't think I've seen VAR kind of going over a sort of a mass brawl between the benches, but it would have been quite amusing to see who would have been pulled up for that one, Jonathan, because there would have been a few offenders. Yeah. But, but it, it would showed you like half an hour. I mean, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, to, to, I, I to think view, they'd still be at it, wouldn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to view every angle of every incident to make sure you get it right. I mean, yeah. that, that's where you think kind of a classic ref thing of just wave the yellow card yeah. at, at a player from each team Ooh. and move on is probably the yeah you know, the best thing to do. But yeah, um, yeah. but it, yeah, it, it was it was right it ended in that way. It would have been very disappointing if we hadn't had a mass brawl.
0: Well, and and Gabby gets sent off himself for for in
2: Yes, I mean it's you, it's know, forget, it, you know that's not you
1: Yeah, yeah. Gabby looks at all this action going on in the technical areas and Mm -hmm. thinks, "Hmm, any way of me getting involved in this?" (laughs) Oh
2: yes, (laughs) I can do a double whammy here. Yeah, anything to. I mean, that was in the um, fifth minute of injury time at the end of the second half Mm -hmm. of extra time. So yeah, the half's only fifteen minutes long, plus another thirty-three percent. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the equivalent of a quarter of an hour of extra time, of added time at the end of end mm. of a normal half. So, but
0: I mean, I often think though with uh, Simeone's Atletico sides, when there's a game like this where it turns into a bit of a fight, I th- if I was one of the one of his players, I would think I should get a booking because I might get told off if I haven't <laughs> by the at the end of the game. If you see what I mean? So, Gabby, I think, was really trying to endear himself to his manager by getting that red card. Um, but There we are, but 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 what a celebration, though, at the end of the game. Ian Letico won, and and it, it did feel that something had sort of lifted from them, of course, which it had.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, even uh, Simeone is, is the least sentimental individual, certainly, in, in, in towards the public. But he was saying, Yes, you know, this, this is going to be remembered for a very long time mm-hmm. you know he might have said they'll be talking about it on the blizzard podcast eight well. <laughs> years from now um but yeah i know he, he did he 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 wanted to you know he wanted to bottle this history and show how important it was and you know that that 26 game record i mean you know that's 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 a very long time for a a, a derby of supposed equals isn't it who you know mm-hmm. apart from Spells of relegation meet each other at least twice a season. That's a that's a long sequence. Yeah, and and it, 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 the the atmosphere was was fantastic. And then, of course, they 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 have the traditional celebration where they go to the Neptune fountain in the city, and the fans are there, and the players were there. Um, were you there, Ian? No, I wasn't at the celebrations. Oh, okay. No, I was I was I was I was dutifully writing up my. <laughs> my interview with Thibaut Courtois afterwards. Um, which was um interesting in the sense that his future at that stage was totally undecided because he was on loan from Chelsea. This had been very much his breakthrough season. Um and um he, he, well I think he had a sense um of what was going to happen with Chelsea. He had a sense of what he wanted to happen because he's you know he's pretty Focused fellow, and he was even when he was uh, very young then. Um, and of course, he had a very strong idea about who the next Chelsea manager was going to be, which was the man who had just been sent off in the final, which had been decided partly by Thibaut Courtois. So there was all this swirling around Thibaut Courtois, who, I, you know, I think wanted to just go in and the team the fountain, but was aware that, you know, Jose Mourinho might be his boss in a matter of weeks. Um, now, in the event, of course, he, he stayed at uh, Atletico because mm-hmm. they wanted him on loan. Peter Scheck was still in charge of Chelsea and ended up playing against Chelsea the following season and helping eliminate them from the Champions yeah. League. Yeah. It's so that's a 3-1
2: win at Sutterbridge. That's yeah, yeah, right. yes. It's all in twine.
0: I mean, yeah, and you mentioned in Mourinho, because after, I can't remember if it was after the match or... In the, in, the, in the next day certainly um, around this time he said yeah, this is the worst season of my life a Super Cup a semi-final a runner-up for, for many coaches that would be a good year for me it is the worst uh, and yeah as you said at the start of the podcast sort of very differing sort of emotions going on at Atletico it felt like the start of something in Real Madrid or certainly for Mourinho at Real Madrid it was the end well, of Marina his time has
2: only really had one good season since then it was only the title winning season yeah, Tielo 15 at Chelsea Mm-hmm. And and that's I mean, a Europa League.
0: He won a treble at Manchester United, as he said once.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean his views on the Europa League seem to shift quite radically <laughs> depending <laughs> on whether he was winning it or Rafa was winning it. But um no, I mean I, I think this is, this is pretty much the end of him as a absolutely elite level coach. Mm-hmm. I mean you may those first two years of Chelsea, you could see he was building something, but mm-hmm. uh it unraveled pretty, pretty quickly there. But, I mean, you could see all the, all the themes of what was going wrong for him at Real Madrid. Uh, the idea that he only practiced counterattacking, attacking he didn't set up his team to, to break down a mass defence. The way he immediately turned on them for conceding goals from set plays. You know, I've told them what to do. Why can't they follow my instructions? Um, the the, the, you know, the high-profile uh, fallings out with, with, with big players. I mean, you know, one of the things Mourinho was so good at early in his career was the politics of the game. And surely at Real Madrid, the last person you fall out with is Ezekiel Yeah, you know, It seems a mad battle to pick. No matter how annoying you find him or, or how, how much he may not fit in your plans, he's the one bloke you've got to keep on side. And yet he's the one he ostracizes.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, th- this game, I think perhaps there are parallels to a game that we did on this podcast a, a while ago when Manchester City beat Manchester United in the FA Cup semi-final, they go on to win the FA Cup that year, uh, which was ooh, 2011. Yeah, I think that's about yeah, right. we did
2: it. Yeah, we did it with Jack Pitbrook. Yes. And, 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 and you, Paul Skulls getting sent off game, that
0: one. Yeah, and you can see the belief after that with Manchester City, they they, they grow. And obviously it was under different managers, but under Mancini they obviously did win the league. Uh, and and again, at the, what you were saying at the start of this podcast, Ian, was, that that Atletico Madrid yes they'd won the Europa League but they got this win uh, under uh, under him against Real Madrid and then the following season they go on and win the league which is i would suggest for my money his you know his best achievement i know they've won the league since and Champions League finals and and all that kind of stuff but it, but again after this final after they won this final what was the mood like was it just sheer jubilation or was there a glance to the future thinking wang well, and on we could go and do something or as an atletico madrid fan it's very much live in the moment because that moment will be taken away from you <laughs> in the next moment
1: um i i well it certainly felt like a, a breakthrough um mm-hmm. and that that there was there was something special being built mm-hmm. at the same time there was the realization that they are they at that stage when Nowhere near being a super club in in the sense that they still had to be a selling club to a certain extent. So Falcao was off. Now that was a big gap. Mm. David Villa came in, which was a different sort of replacement, and probably, with all due respect to David Villa, at that stage in his career, a um, not not quite the right thing to replace Falcao. And of course, you know that then then. That there's a new relationship with Real Madrid. I think I think that's what this final does, but it's but it's not a comp- it's not a revolution. There's mm-hmm. two Champions League finals in the next three years. Both of them lost. Both of them lost pretty agonisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the lead lost in the last minute before extra time, and 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 quite a brawl at the end of that one as well. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in Lisbon, and then the penalties uh, in Milan. So, um, it, w- while things do certainly even up uh, domestically, and winning the league is in, in 2014 is, is a massive statement about that, uh, you sort of get this lingering thing that the jinx is still there, and 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 it it hurts us in Europe because there was a there was a knockout stage meeting as well, isn't known that mm. in that phase. Um, but but it it, it 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 does keep building. Um, Atletico held off Real Madrid to win the league three months ago, and that was tight. You know that was tight. There was those old phobias started being repeated again. Atletico had that huge lead mid-season. Real Madrid started catching up. Started catching up. Atletico had a few wobbles, and in the end, it went down to the the final afternoon. And and you know as those wobbles were happening. Those phobias came back very quickly mm-hmm. for Atleti fans. you am know, afraid you need, you need several generations to um, to extinguish those old ghosts. Mm.
0: Ian, it's been a pleasure talking to you about this one. Thanks very much for coming on the pod as always. Pleasure, Marcus. Uh, for more stories like that, do check out theblizzard.co.uk um, for, from Jonathan and myself this week. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week with another great game from football.